Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. So, I never went to college, and I never really even chose a profession. Instead, I chose a place. I had grown up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I didn't do well in the big city. I got picked on and bullied and teased, and I became shy and withdrawn. But in the summer of 1971, when I was 14 years old, I got a chance to travel to Trout Lake, Washington, and visit friends on a dairy farm. And so all summer long, I got to buck hay bales, and I raised calves, and I got to go skinny dipping in the pond, and had the best summer of my life. And when the summer ended and it was time to go back, the dairyman asked me if I wanted to stay. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and so I did stay and I never went back. I came from a school with 2,500 kids in two grades to a school with 150 kids in all 12 grades. <laughs> I went from being nobody to being someone that everybody in the whole town knew my name. It, it was transformative. And I decided that this was my place, this was my home, and I was going to do whatever it took just to live there the rest of my life, whatever kind of work it took. And so I lived on that dairy and worked there for two years. And then after high school, the work I found was as a wildland firefighter with the Forest Service. And it was hard work, but it was fun. And I loved being on the crew. And it was like being paid to go out in the woods and have a picnic every day. <laughs> But so I worked all summer long, and then we'd get laid off in the wintertime and uh, wait for the next season. But during the winter, I picked up work when I could, and I went steelhead fishing a lot and skiing. And also, I got involved with a small community theater group up in Trout Lake. And we would put on these plays, we'd build our own sets, we'd scrounge costumes at the secondhand stores, and then we would put on our plays at the Trout Lake Tavern. And I got to be young Scrooge at the Christmas Carol. And I played the undertaker in the death and life of Sneaky Fitch. <laughs> and I even dyed my hair and shaved my beard so that I could be bogey in Woody Allen's play It Again, Sam. <laughs> It doesn't take a genius to see that the problems of two little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was lots of other plays. And so that's one of the things that was part of life in Trout Lake. And then in the springtime, I'd go back to work fighting fire on the fire crew. And one spring, I went back and that's when I met Loretta, who was not only 
a firefighter extraordinaire. She was a textile artist also, which meant that she was a really good sewer. And Loretta had this gig that she'd been doing for a couple of years as a stitcher with the Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And she was going there in the fall to work on a show. And by that fall, I knew that I was going wherever she went. <laughs> and so after Thanksgiving, we loaded up in her little truck and we headed out over the mountains and across the plains and got to Minneapolis in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and moved into this little apartment and she went to work on the show over at Children's Theater Company. And I picked up a little bit of work, but nothing steady. Until I heard about an opening over at the Guthrie Theater. The Guthrie is one of the biggest theaters in Minneapolis. And they were putting on a big musical, Anything Goes, which is based on the songs of Cole Porter. And they were looking for a dresser. So I went over there and I got the job and I was working in the theater. I mean, real theater. And it was exciting. So uh, the dresser, I was in charge of costumes and I had four guys that were in the chorus. We had our own little dressing room and my job was to take care of their costumes. I'd come in early before the show and pick them up at laundry and I'd take them back to the dressing room and get everything hung up on the racks and make sure everything was ready at the end of the show. I picked up all the costumes and took them down to laundry and whatever needed repairs went to the stitchers. And then next day started over again. And uh, it was really fun. It, it was a big show, a lot of people. And uh, one of the funnest parts was that I had a couple of quick changes, or the guys had the quick changes. So I had to take costumes for all four of my guys, get them upstairs, lay them out in this dark corner backstage, you know, way back where you guys can't see. <laughs> and they'd come running off after a big number and they're shrugging off their coats and they're kicking off their shoes and they'd start to put on their costumes and I would have to get behind them and grab the back of their breakaway pants and I'd rip off their <laughs> pants and I'd go to the next guy and rip his <laughs> pants off. And I'm tearing the pants off these guys. <laughs> and at the same time, the chorus girls are coming off and they're doing their change right next to us and they're stripping all the way down too. And I'm telling you, it was exciting working in that <laughs> uh, And so then I'd pick those up and I'd take them back downstairs. And other than those guys grabbing my ass every chance they got, it was a really great job. <laughs> Uh, but things don't always go smooth backstage. I remember one night I was sitting downstairs in front of the dressing room. Sometimes I had a long wait between cues and I had this little desk in front of the dressing room and the music from the show was piped down and I could hear what was going on. So I would sit and read, but I made a really big mistake. I brought a good book. And I was reading and I was so engrossed in my book that I missed my cue. I was reading and I heard the music change and it was like, shit, 
And I hauled ass up the stairs, and I went running backstage. And uh, my guy was there, and one of the girls from, that was a dresser for the girls' chorus room was over there helping him. And I ran up. I said, Kevin, I'm so sorry. And he looked at me, and he said, what happened? And I've never been a good liar. <laughs> so I just confessed. I said, I was reading. And he looked at me aghast. You were reading while I was tap dancing? <laughs> he couldn't believe it, and neither could I. I was so ashamed. But the show went on, and uh, it went on until springtime when uh, word came down that scouts were coming from Broadway. They were scouting the show, and the theater was abuzz. Yeah. People were so excited. We're going to go to Broadway. We might get to go to Broadway. And they were seeing the lights of Broadway. But it was getting towards spring. And I was seeing pastures golden with dandelions and cows grazing with Mount Adams shining in the background. I was hearing the wind whispering in the fir trees and smelling the smoke of the fire line. And I was feeling the embrace of my friends when I walked back into the tavern. And then I got a call from the ranger station that they wanted me back in four weeks for the fire crew. And when I gave notice, the guys couldn't believe it. They said, don't you want to go to Broadway with us? And I did feel the pull of Broadway, really strong. But I also felt the stronger pull. I had, I had already gone as far east and to as big a city as I was willing to go. And so two weeks later, we packed up the truck. I was going back to my special place. I was going home to Trout Lake. Thank you. <laughs>